It's been a year and a half since Operation Streamline began charging all people caught at the border with a misdemeanor, radically changing how criminal enforcement at the border works. Since the prosecutions kicked off in July of 2018, the fast-track court designed to handle the surge of cases in San Diego has been mired in legal challenges and acrimony. However, since 2019, prosecutions have begun to drop. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is Border Dispatch, a special episode of your San Diego News Fix. Christina Davis, you cover federal courts and all kinds of courts for the Union-Tribune. So it's been a year and a half since this new policy has been in place, which sort of speeds up some of the criminal processes of people who are caught at the border. What is the current status quo? Well, I, I sat in that very first court hearing in July 2018, when um, this special fast-track court um, launched, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone calls it Operation Streamline, even though it's not officially called that. That's kind of what, what a lot of people refer to it as. Um, and it was contentious. It was confusing and chaotic. There were so many um, migrants uh, there who were um, caught for just misdemeanor illegal entry. That's what this mm-hmm. court's designed for. Um, and I sat in that courtroom... Um, for several days and weeks after that to see its progress. Um, And it was kind of crazy as people tried to get their arms around um, how to handle the the logistics of all these cases and the surge in this court. Mm -hmm. Um, Go back now a year and a half, and today um, there's a lot fewer defendants appearing um, in that court. If If you look at the numbers... Um, the way I calculate it is, is, is the filings are down um, by about a, a rate of about half. So would it be safe to say that by fast-tracking all of these trials, we've kind of gone through the backlog? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's a backlog because mm-hmm. uh, these are people who are arriving um, at the border um, and, and, and they're, they're getting through right away mm-hmm. through this court. Um, so it's not really a backlog as you would uh, think about the administrative immigration court where people can uh, wait for a few years um, for a decision to be made. This is uh, people who maybe uh, got caught at the border last night and Mm -hmm. they're appearing in court the next morning. Yeah, can you explain that a little more, the difference between this court and the kind of immigration court that, for instance, uh, Kate Morrissey and Gustavo Solis have been speaking about in this podcast previously? Sure. So... um, Immigration law is split up, um, and there there are some criminal codes for for uh, some immigration type def- um, offenses, and then there's it's also um, civil or administrative, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, anyone who crosses the border, either illegally or they're coming to claim asylum or whatever, um, they can get uh, they will have a civil administ- uh, immigration case. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's the immigration uh, judges. Uh, it's not criminal, and that determines uh, whether they can stay here in the United States or not um, for whatever reasons. Um, what zero tolerance did was the Trump administration wanted to criminally charge pretty much everybody they could mm-hmm. um, who crossed the border illegally with um, a misdemeanor crime of illegal entry. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was a lot different than what was happening before because a lot of earlier administrations um, had used that charge sometimes, 
Um, but they were using their resources a lot more towards the more serious criminal mm-hmm. border type offenses like um, human smuggling or um, maybe maybe uh, using a fraudulent passport to come through. Um, maybe if someone um, had you know a, a migrants in the trunk of in the back of their trunk or something crossing mm-hmm. the border, they would they would more commonly use those kinds of cases for criminal charges. Um, and so a few years ago, if you would have just crossed the border illegally, uh, you know, through the desert or whatever, and Border Patrol picks you up, um, chances are you would not have a criminal charge. Mm-hmm. You would just get handed over to ICE and you would go through that civil immigration system. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, this is just another, an additional deterrent to attempting to cross the border and come to the U.S. illegally, right? Yeah, and that that's that's why it was launched. That was that was the purpose behind it. Is they thought that um, by the threat of having a criminal charge and uh, conviction um, would deter people from making that um, illegal crossing. Um, I think whether that's actually true or not, whether it's actually been a deterrence, um, is is definitely up for debate. Um, mm-hmm. There have been many many people who still keep trying to cross back even after these. Uh, criminal convictions. Mm-hmm. So these are also expedited. How exactly are these processes a lot faster than a regular criminal court case? Well, what they did with this fast track court is uh, basically you come in like the night uh, after, the day after you get arrested, you come in, um, you're arraigned, just mm-hmm. like any other defendant, whether it's a robbery or a drug charge or whatever, you, you appear before a judge. Um, and then for this court, you're basically, it's such, it's such a low-level charge. Mm-hmm. What's typically happened is you're given about a week, about five days, to decide whether you want to plead guilty or not. The government kind of has, for the most part, a standing plea deal on the table yeah. for you um, to plead guilty to misdemeanor illegal entry. Um, it will go on your record. Um, and, and then... Uh, if you want to do that, then you're usually sentenced the same day, mm-hmm. and you're usually sentenced to the time served. So whatever time that you were, you know, in border patrol custody or or at uh, MCC, the the local uh, federal lockup, mm-hmm. you know, four days, five days, whatever, and then you get uh, kicked back over to the to ICE basically for your civil immigration. Um, so that is. Quite fast. If you're arrested uh, for a, a felony or a drug charge or something like that, there, I mean, that's not how the system works at all. Mm-hmm. It, um, it takes a, a lot longer to get through the system. Mm-hmm. And critics have said that this expedited process isn't the best way of giving these people due process. Can you explain that those arguments that they're making? Sure. I mean, there are several arguments. Uh, it's been really interesting to watch the defense. Uh, community here in San Diego really um, come together and rally around this issue and trying to basically fight streamline you know at every little angle they can mm-hmm. um, it's been fascinating to watch um, when the program first started you were able to take the plea deal and be sentenced on the very same day on your very first day that you appeared in court um, which gave these migrants I mean mere minutes or hours yeah. to make this, uh, you know, what they said is kind of a big decision. And the problem is there were language barriers um, and uh, 
a lot of migrants didn't understand the American criminal justice system in the first place to even make that kind of informed decision. Um, so they don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do say that, you know, just five days to decide whether to have a criminal conviction on your record um, is pretty serious. And if you're planning to apply for asylum um, after your criminal part is done, mm-hmm. a criminal con- conviction could severely harm your chances at getting asylum. Um, so those are the, that's one of the arguments that defense attorneys have been making and saying, hey, we should take your case to trial. Um, and a lot of the people who are being caught, um, they're coming from, they're not just coming from Central America, which is, I feel like, what we hear about a lot, but mm-hmm. from countries all over the world. And there's um, just a lot of different uh, circumstances that they feel that should be brought up at trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and recently a lot of uh, African migrants have been uh, presenting themselves at the border, so it makes sense that some of them would attempt to cross and get caught in this court system. Correct, and um, from India, um, they've got, we've got a lot coming from India, um, and yeah, just a lot of other countries that we probably don't hear about as much. Mm-hmm. So are there any court challenges right now that are kind of affecting how so-called Operation Streamline is operating? Well, uh, a lot of these cases are going to trial now. You're not seeing as many um, just uh, just fast guilty pleas. Um, and there are several cases that are before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, Federal defenders say they have about 500 cases actually on appeal with the Ninth Circuit. Mm-hmm. Although if you really look at those 500 cases, you can probably group them into a couple different categories. Um, and they're all like around one or two major umbrella legal issues. Um, so one of those has to do with um, whether the guilty plea is knowing and voluntary. And that just means uh, that the person really truly understands what what it means to plead guilty to something like this. Yeah. And the background for that argument um, is that uh, before a lot of these migrants appear in court, they've been held in Border Patrol stations, which have been overcrowded uh, due to all of the um, migrants and the families coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're arguing that the conditions that they've been kept in have prevented them from getting sleep, from that they're not being fed enough, and... Um, they're not being allowed to bathe and things like this, uh, that once they appear in court and a judge asks them if they want to plead guilty, that they'll just say yes right away just to get out of that situation. Yeah. Um, you know, which isn't really a way uh, you should make those major decisions. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And uh, there was another case um, that the federal defenders actually did win. Um, a three-judge panel on the Ninth Circuit ruled recently that Border Patrol um, and the U.S. Attorney's Office was actually uh, using the wrong criminal charge for these cases. Um, it's like they should use the the first part of this law versus the second part, something like that. Um, and it seems kind of minor, but the Ninth Circuit actually ruled in favor of the migrants, mm-hmm. um, which could theoretically invalidate hundreds and thousands, of, if not thousands, of cases. Um, but the government is fighting back and trying to get a larger panel um, on the Ninth Circuit to maybe rehear that case, and we're waiting to see if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also worth noting that at this time, asylum grant rates are incredibly low. So if you manage to weave through this court and even get to the point of attempting to claim asylum, 
the chances of getting it is, I think it was like 0.1% under the MPP program. Correct. Yeah. And, and a lot of the people, if you think about those cases you just talked about, a lot of those cases are people who have come through the ports of entry, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, in a more organized fashion and, and tried mm-hmm. to claim asylum, right? Mm-hmm. So. And finally, your uh, story mentioned a little bit of a change to the courtroom where this is occurring. What's going on there? Um, so when Streamline launched in, in July 2018, um, they did decide to go ahead and, and just designate a courtroom in the federal court um, that will just hear these cases and um, because there were so many mm-hmm. cases to be heard on any given day. And... Uh, all courtrooms in the federal courthouse, they have um, your typical setup, and um, they have like a jury box of individual seats where um, when it's not a jury trial and uh, that's happening, that's where the defendants will sit for different kinds of hearings. Mm-hmm. Um, they Early on, they had switched those jury seats out to like a bench benches so they can pack more people mm-hmm. into that little area. And... Just a few weeks ago, uh, defense attorneys tell me that they went in for their usual arraignment uh, hearing, and they were pretty taken aback to find that um, a big glass partition um, had been installed separating um, the defendants in that little seating area from the rest of the courtroom. And they were told uh, by the court, and you know, I, I talked to the U.S. Marshals uh, recently, and they said it's for security. Mm-hmm. Um and so that they can pack more people into that area safely, um, you know, without maybe having as many marshals that they need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and have you heard of any incidents happening in court? Or No, I mean, so that is kind of one of the, the questions, right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, wh- why, why was this really needed? Was there, was there an incident that prompted this? Um, the defense attorneys I talked to said they are not aware of any specific incident in this misdemeanor court uh, that mm-hmm. would warrant something like this. And when I asked the marshals um, the same question, they gave me kind of a more general answer that just talked about um, the need for security in the courthouse as a whole and, um, you know, prisoners smuggling in homemade weapons and things like that. Um, you know, but but that answer did encompass the entire courthouse. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, mostly felonies that are heard uh, before streamlined, you know, in that courthouse um, and, uh, you know, gang members and drug cartel suspects and, um, you know, any any kind of uh, felony crime. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of worth noting that the general population of migrants isn't exactly the violent criminal population. I mean, look, you know, there's there's bad apples everywhere yeah. but but you do have to just when you when you look at it you know these are people accused of misdemeanors mm-hmm. not felonies um and and there is no similar barrier up in any of the courtrooms that hear felony arraignments um so that's that's one thing that the defense attorneys um pretty upset about mm-hmm. and we'll see to what lengths they go maybe to fight that barrier yeah and it does just seem kind of like a odd metaphor for this whole story in a sense. Well, and it's funny that you bring that up. I, I spoke with the um, executive director of Federal Defenders, and you know they do all the public defense work in uh, federal mm-hmm. courts here in San Diego. And, that, and that's, that's, she basically said, you know, this is just like another wall, um, you know, mm-hmm. but one that's in the courtroom now. All right. Christina Davis, thank you so much. Thank you. 
In other court news, the state Supreme Court is considering changes to its code of ethics that would allow judges to speak out about pending cases if a judge is being criticized for rulings during an election. The conversation was sparked by the successful recall of a Santa Clara County judge who sentenced then 19-year-old Brock Turner to six months in jail after his conviction of sexually assaulting an unconscious woman in 2016. Turner could have received up to 14 years in prison. During the recall campaign, the judge couldn't address the reasons why he gave him a six-month sentence. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to unionrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.